0: Welcome to Locked On Cavaliers, the official Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in the Lockdown Sports Network. It's a daily show, yes daily, covering the Cavs and the NBA at large. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cavs and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. If you'd like to submit questions, inquire about an ad, or just say hi, email the show at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it helps other people find the podcast. Now, here is today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Cavaliers. As usual, I'm your host, Chris Manning, and editor for the Sword Staff, at Hardwood Proxism. And today, I am joined by a very special guest. He's a if you don't know who he is on Cavs Twitter, just like David Zavok, you don't know. You're not into Cavs Twitter if you don't know this guy. It's Chops. He's a news editor at Complex. Chops, what's up, man?
1: What's going on, Chris? How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Um, we're here today to talk with Chops about his interview with Kyrie Irving, who he, NBA champion Kyrie Irving, rather, and some of the stuff he had to say in that interview. And you also talk about Larry Sanders, because he had uh, Chops had interviewed to talk to Larry Sanders, kind of after uh, Larry Sanders said he wanted to come back. And there's some really interesting quotes there. And we'll probably talk about Larry Sanders again later this week with Justin Rowan, who wrote about Larry Sanders for Fear the Sword. But uh, to start with Chops and to start with Kyrie, he had that really great quote where he's like, I've never, basically, I've never been an underdog in my life. Um, and it was very, at a time where he, KD had just gone to the Warriors and the Cavs, I think the 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 dynamic shifted a little bit again with the Cavs in, in terms of being an underdog. And he's really the first Cav, I think, that kind of responded to it publicly. Um, did you have any takeaway from how he just kind of went about that? And he, did he seem phased at all by my, the, KD? My,
1: my, my favorite part of it, and I actually might put out the audio I was thinking, he was like sort of offended when I when I kind of brought it up. <laughs> It's amazing. Like he, like because, and that's the great thing about Kyrie. He's got like that kind of Kobe mentality, mentality to him. Yeah, and like he was kind of angry that I would even suggest that he's an underdog or that the Cavs are an underdog. So I just, I was really, I kind of expected him to say something like that, but I didn't really anticipate his attitude to be kind of so like off putting to it, which is very cool as a Cavs fan.
0: Yeah, because
1: that's what we want to see. We don't want them to be phased by Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, you know.
0: No, and and I think that I think it's cool too that he has like the Kobe mentality, but he also doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be as crazy as Kobe. Like I think Kyrie is going to like enjoy this a little bit more. I mean, he's had a lot of fun this summer, but I think he's he's not going. I don't think be a guy that's going to be so crazy about it that it's going to like bog him down and just kind of be so angry about it. Like I think he's this right blend of LeBron and Kobe where like he really wants to win, but he's also, I don't think he cares as much about what people are going to say about him and what people are going to say about the team. Like it's going to bother him when he gets talked about it. And he doesn't like, I don't think he particularly likes doing interviews, but
1: yeah, know, like, I, I, I think, I think he, I think like his early days with the Cavs kind of put him off to reporters and interviews because it just like, it was just so dysfunctional and like he would get himself in trouble a little bit. So yeah, he is kind of a tough interview. And he did open up to me a little bit, especially when we talked about the Olympics, which we'll get into. Yeah. But uh, you yeah, he's, yeah, you can tell that he's definitely enjoying this, and he's uh, and he's taking full advantage of you know being the NBA champion right now.
0: No, and I, and as he should, and I mean, I think the him speaking that way, I think is a as a Cavs as a Cavs fan and like looking at the Cavs, I think it's kind of important that he not important, but it's like a nice feeling, like you said, that he does feel that way, he doesn't like feeling an underdog because. They just won a title, and if he came in and be like, "Yeah, like we're going to be an underdog," and we, he's going to take it that way, like there's motivation there. But it's also like you know we're really good, and I think considering everything that he's how he he hasn't had the most linear path to this point. It hasn't. Been, it wasn't like LeBron Ray came into the league and he was great as a rookie, and he was uh, ended up getting here. Kyrie like he won a Rookie of the Year, but he had the injuries. He had a very, like you said, he had those very dysfunctional Cavs teams. Um, yes. Looking back at his first few years, it's sort of nuts that he ended up where he is now, considering. Um, you know, he had Mike Brown and Byron Scott as his first coaches and the rosters they put together and some of the things they tried to do and how bad the locker room was from everything that we've read over the past couple years. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't great, and he ended up here. And I think that's sort of beautiful.
1: I think so, too. And I think it it really goes down to LeBron taking a gamble on Kyrie Mm -hmm. and Kyrie taking a gamble on the Cavs organization. Yeah, Like, even before Kyrie re-upped – two two summers ago or last summer? Uh, yeah it would have, yeah
0: it would have been two summers ago now because last year feels, yeah two summers
1: it feels like so long ago at this point but uh you know he there was talk that he wasn't gonna accept the full max contract from the cash you know like at the end of that season I remember Jason Lloyd writing about like they really nobody knows what Kyrie's gonna do yeah so kind of took that you know Kyrie taking the gamble LeBron taking the gamble on Kyrie and, you know and here they are they've both LeBron hasn't made as much sacrifices, but, you know, Kyrie has sacrificed a lot to kind of be, not LeBron's sidekick, but, you know, that kind of number two. Yeah. And, uh, you know what, it paid off for both of them, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you win a title, Kyrie gets validated in a lot of ways by winning the title, and the way he won the title by hitting that shot and just being really great during the finals. I mean, it's interesting you bring up the extension. Uh, I don't know if you listen to this, but David Griffin was on the Vertical Podcast with Woj like two weeks ago. I did. Yeah. yeah. And David Griffin's talking about when they went in that interview, it wasn't like they even pitched him on LeBron. Like, LeBron yeah. didn't come up in, the, in that discussion. Yep. And that's even better because it's like if they would have been like, okay, uh, we're going to get LeBron and it's going to be you and LeBron, like that's that's like a very easy sell. But that was also probably at the time, like, I don't think even Kyrie, like, no one thought. I didn't think he was coming back at that time. I really didn't. Not, no, not at that time, no. Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: that's just that. Yeah, Kyrie took a big gamble yeah. to kind of trust in. Griff, and I know Blatt was there at the time, but Lou was also there, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, so he kind of, uh, he took a gamble on the organization to kind of get it together in a short period of time,
0: and, you know, they did. It worked out. I mean, and you just think about the calves at that time. So in that time, they had Anthony Bennett was like a year removed from that disaster. Uh, <laughs> Tristan was still kind of finding his way a little bit, and like really progressing, but he wasn't the guy he was now. they yeah. still D'N Waiters. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the well dang thing hadn't worked out great, and really, the and you know they'd been it was his third coach at that point, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Now, Kyrie, I mean, it's kind of crazy that Kyrie is on his fourth coach, and it's not his fault. Like it's like it's really the organization's fault for kind of getting in that cycle. And the Blatt yeah. thing is what it is, but like Kyrie on his fourth coach, and he's
1: yeah. I, it's nice. I don't really
0: hold, I don't really hold Blatt against them. I don't either,
1: because that just like he wasn't hired to coach the team that they had.
0: No, I feel but- really bad for David Blatt in so many ways.
1: I do, too. Like, he, I wasn't always, like, the, a huge favorite of him, but I think that he can be a good coach in the NBA, but he just has to have the right situation, and I definitely felt bad how it played out, yeah. even though I thought it was the right thing to do, and, you know, um, yeah. I, it obviously worked out in the end. Yeah.
0: Um, how, how else was Kyrie when you talked to him? And he'd been in the, a little bit since the finals, and he was, at, like, I know it was, like, a promotional event or whatever, but you got to talk to what kind of, like What kind of mood was he in in general?
1: He was in he was in a great mood. He was playing video games. He was playing Call of Duty and just enjoying life, you know. Um he just had like that kind of like aura and like vibe around him, like um just you could tell that and like one of the first things I asked him, I was like, has this all set in? And he was like, Yeah, like that was one of, he just said he's really soaking it in right now. Like he's not taking he's not taking advantage of the moment. He's like really understanding how rare this kind of thing is.
0: Yeah. And I and I think he he's obviously a younger guy and he's younger than LeBron which I think sort of leads to this interesting dynamic between between them in a lot of ways but also like he's kind of the guy in the team and I think well JR has enjoyed himself but <laughs> Kyrie's the guy who can kind of like soak this up like I I'm, we're going to talk about this uh with ahead of the Olympics a little bit more and write about it on the site and why not but He's kind of the guy who, because he's playing in the Olympics, because he's, you know, how he won and, like, he's a young guy and he's going to just go out and have fun in a way LeBron really can't and won't anymore. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, he's on the victory lap for the Cavs. Like, he's, he he's good to go to Rio. He's going to get to uh, – he's the lone Cavalier on that Olympic team with with a bunch of Warriors on it. Um, and he's just kind of getting to basketball. Like, this is really, in a lot of ways, I think, the summer of Kyrie Irving.
1: It really, it really is, and I think he understands that. Because like you said, LeBron, LeBron isn't doing this summer like Kyrie is. Like LeBron is, he's in the Mediterranean with Wade and he's in Hawaii. You know watching he's the Godfather like, like every day. Exactly. Like Kyrie's like out here. Like Kyrie's Snapchat last night, he was hanging out with Chris Brown, like going to parties. Like Kyrie is kind of morphing into that face of the Cavaliers type thing. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, a lot of the NBA finals validated Kyrie and it's kind of, I mean, I'm sure he'll still have people that doubt him and don't like his game, but, like, they they can't really say it as loud as they were before.
0: No, and, I, you know, that's I think that's a really good point. I, and it, cause I, I do think there are fair things with Kyrie, at least when he's not being the best version of himself, there are for to nitpick, like... It, yeah, he's just like he, 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 Yeah, like he die like he dies on screen when he gets screened all the time. Like he doesn't always fight yeah. through the screens like he should. Yeah. Um he definitely like as much as his dribbling, and I think it's because he's just so good at ball handling, he over dribbles sometimes and ta- gets into these positions where he's taking contested mid range jump shots when yeah. you could swing it or he could create a little bit more chaos or get to the rim or just get fouled when he doesn't dribble you know, like six times in a matter of seconds. Like I, those I feel are fair that- concerns. I feel bad for Kevin Love every
1: time he sets a screen for Kyrie. Oh, I not, do too.
0: He's not getting he's the ball back.
1: Because he's not getting the ball on the pop.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, I, there's, yeah Kevin, and Kevin's uh, such a like, – yeah, that's super frustrating for Kevin because that pick and roll could be great. Like if LeBron's off the Kevin, floor, he like he can open off of – yeah. yeah. Like Kyrie appreciate- creates so much penetration just by what he does that if Kevin's going to be sitting there for like an open three, yeah. like automatically. It's just –
1: what makes kind of Kyrie so great, though, and yeah. I think I think maybe playing with the this Olympic because he's supposed to be the facilitator on this Olympic squad. Yeah. And if you watch the game the other night, that's kind of I like. I'm guessing Coach K is kind of driving it into Kyrie to like, okay, get like you need to run this team,
0: you know? Yeah. Like,
1: like I don't think that they want him shooting 15 to 20 times a game.
0: Yeah, I think he took nine shots against Argentina, and he had six assists. He only scored, I think, and then he get nine points on nine shots, mid three, Yeah. only made one three. Um. But, yeah, no, it's super interesting because on that team, he doesn't – it's it's very different than the Cavs where he doesn't need to create for himself. Like, they have KD, yep. they have uh, – and, you know, like, Clay's – as much as we rag on Clay um, in Cavs Twitter, <laughs> like, he's a really – he's really, really good. And, like, with, yeah. if probably he's kicking and penetrating, like – it's incredibly deadly for Team USA if Kyrie is dribbling and attacking and, like, he's setting up KD and he's setting up Klay Thompson and he's setting up Draymond Green or he's setting up a pick-and-roll with Boogie Cousins or something. Like, I mean, yeah. even, like, DeAndre Jordan, who's, like, a like a limited offensive player, I don't know how any team in the Olympics is going to defend Kyrie <laughs> and a, a Kyrie-DeAndre pick-and-roll with all those shooters just spaced around. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's undefendable. It, yeah.
1: It's, uh, yeah, talking to Kyrie, like, well, one thing I'll tell one story that didn't make the yeah. make the cut. So we were talking like a little bit about the video games because he was doing the Call of Duty. Like that's who set it up. Mm-hmm. So and of course I brought up J.R. Smith's famous quote about how he plays video games in Cleveland because there's not much else to do. Yeah. And, and Kyrie definitely agreed with that notion and said that uh, J.R. is not wrong when it uh, when it comes to Cleveland and passing the time. Yeah. Which is which is kind of funny because. You can just imagine J.R. Kyrie and Jordan McRae, you know, playing a two K tournament against each other. Yeah, on a on February night in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean they're not totally wrong. I mean, there are like Cleveland gets a bad rap. There's like a lot it, of really cool places, it, but like for their lifestyle, yeah, it's probably not the most. Uh, bump-in yeah, city to be in, probably like...
1: Probably better if J.R. Smith isn't on West 6 every single
0: night. Yeah, it's probably... Yeah, it's good that Jr. is, like, the, mo- the most I've ever heard of him in East 4th, and, like, on the bo- on the street of bars is when he was at a bowling tournament at uh, Corner Alley. Like, that's, exactly. a- that's a good thing. Like, and it's good that they're not... I mean, and, like, they could go to the nines and stuff, but yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's probably good, and I think also, like, it'd be-, oh, it'd be nuts to see, like, Kyrie in Atlanta. Probably be bad. But... Yeah. Kyrie... Yeah. Kyrie a young Kyrie Irving in Atlanta would be... It'd be him in future at Magic Magic City Mondays, like, every week. Right. It'd be nuts. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, think I think Kyrie's star, to kind of wrap him up, is going to only grow from here. I think, like, I don't think this is peak Kyrie Irving. I, I think this is, like, the point where he ascends. And I think this is the point where he maybe gets in that conversation where, like, uh, there's the idea that there's only, like, eight players that really, really matter in the NBA in terms of, like, winning a title. And I think mm-hmm. Kyrie, heading into this year, it was, like, out of that. But I think heading into next year with, I think LeBron's going to coast a bunch. I think you're going to see uh, a Kyrie Irving that's, I think his star's really going to grow. And I think some of that's not just because of how he plays and he's a very vinable dude. But he's also just kind of a marketable guy. Like, he's got, a, he's got the Uncle Drew commercials. He's got sort of this, like, kind of funky personality that I think it's not alienating like James Harden's can be. Like, he's just kind of, like, a, seems like a really chill dude. And his sneakers are also, I think, really good. Like, I think they're, I have a pair of Kyrie twos. I think they're great. And yeah. I also think they're, like, they're more affordable. Like, the, one of the things we've heard about the KD sneakers are that they were too expensive. Like, he mm-hmm. wasn't, like, that guy that's going to – you're going to get um, people that pay $200 for your shoe, like Kobe and LeBron. Like in like, so his price point is too high. The Kyrie price point is, like, very affordable. And, I like, I know a lot of people, just, like, just general looking at basketball through plays, a lot of people play in the Kyrie 1s or the Kyrie 2s.
1: Yeah, like, I think – I think, like, even, like – if you just look at NBA guys like who who don't have a shoe deal and who just wear shoes, like you see a lot of Kyrie's people playing. Like Dion plays in Kyrie's all the that's, time. That's
0: that's does he really? He yes, that's like
1: he, I, I someone from Cavs Twitter would point it out. And maybe Mort or somebody would point out that Dion wore Kyrie's a lot. He either wore KD's or Kyrie's, but he wore them a lot. But you're right; they're so comfortable. And like even like when you're not playing basketball, like he has stylish ones. Yeah, like. The Krispy Kreme Kyries were pretty stylish. Yeah, they you were. know, I have the Pepsi ones. Like they're like you can just wear them whenever. They're very nice and, like you said, they're affordable. Yeah, which is great in the sneaker market because everything is crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want Lebron's, like I have a pair of Lebron, the LeBron 13 lows. like have the uh, the Team USA ones, the navy bodied mm-hmm. ones, and I only got those because uh, they were. I got them at Full Locker for like 80 bucks or like with a coupon and like a deal they had. And like because they're expensive. Like even like the LeBron Lowe's, if you buy them full price from Nike or buy them for wherever, they're more expensive than the Kyrie, the regular Kyrie 2. Which is crazy.
1: I think I, what I'm hoping for, because I know the Kyrie 3s are coming soon. I think he's like hinted at them.
0: Yeah. He said in Slam, it was like you won't see anything definitive until like November, which I I kind of understand why they're, because I think the Olympics is about the KD9s.
1: Yeah. See, but I want a championship pack Kyrie's or LeBron's. Yeah, they haven't,
0: they haven't done that. They And they, usually they, I mean,
1: I don't know if they just were, like, not prepared at all for them. They might not have been. Maybe they were like, there's no way this is going to happen. Yeah. So they haven't, like, designed or made them yet. But, like, they, like I would love a championship Kyrie pack.
0: Yeah, a, a championship Kyrie pack would be sick. I mean, you could do a lot of different things with it. You could do, um, I think he wore some during the playoffs that had some gold on them. And I know the Drew League yeah. ones have the gold. So I don't know. It wouldn't be that hard for them to just kind of – customize them with like golden calves colors and just do something yeah. cool with that that'd be cool that'd be really cool um, yeah or even like some olympic Kyrie's. i know yeah. he was wearing well he's oh, got the white usa ones like they're yeah. not great yeah. i don't really love uh like as a general rule like white sneakers yeah i just like i don't have the money to like buy them and feel comfortable like just right. wearing them occasionally like, if i got my Kyrie's, yeah. like i wear them a lot because when i play yeah i don't have the luxury to get like eight pairs of shoes Exactly, and yeah. the whites get super dirty. Because um, like, I have, I have the Fair. Duke, I have the Duke ones, and they don't get dirty.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But they're cool, and I think I really think it stars to Kyrie. I mean, he's twenty. Wait, he's 23, 24. I think he's 24. twenty three, twenty four. He's 24. Yeah, he's only like he's heading into his prime. It's going to be huge for Kyrie. Um, I love. I, it's going to be great.
1: I'm so excited to watch him this season because, for one, like his regular season this past year was just basically him getting into shape and getting just back from the knee surgery. And I think uh, so many people seem to forget that. Yeah. And, like, even me, like, watching him, like, you get fr- – like, I was frustrated with him, like, oh, man, he can't even shoot right now. Like, like kind of what's going on? And then the playoffs at the Detroit series, and it was just, like, a switch flipped. Yeah. He's just – he has that, like, just, like, that big game mentality to him. And, like, I really can't wait to see, like, defending champion Kyrie.
0: Yeah. You know? And Kyrie, that isn't coming off. I mean, because the other thing we didn't even talk about is he's had that weird injury history. He's had, uh, you know, he came in. He only played a couple games at Duke. He got yeah. hurt as a rookie, and he won Rookie of the Year. Uh, he got hurt, you know, and just kind of had these like injuries that are piling up and taking away from him. And then he got hurt in the finals last year. And then he went this year. He, except for like some minor stuff, which I think is just natural over how many games, yeah. he yeah. was fine. And that's great. And I think that if he can stay healthy and like he can kind of buck that trend. Uh, kind of in a weird way, not unlike how Steph had to buck his ankles and the perception that he had brittle ankles, like, I think yeah. he's only going to be like get popular because it, his game is super, super fun to watch. So fun. So fun. Like for okay. me, probably a top five watchable player in the NBA, I would say.
1: Yeah. Easily. Yeah.
0: Cause he, when he goes, when he goes off, there's not I, really anything like it.
1: I think starting in these Olympics are just going to take it even further. Yeah. Like I know Steph is like insanely popular right now, but you know Steph's not there, Russell's not there, CP three is not there. You know yeah. Kyrie's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot during these Olympics, and people are gonna watch. You know, and it's gonna be a big thing for him. And you yeah. know, I'm really excited for him because he deserves it because he's been through a lot. You know, yeah, like the Dion stuff, and he's had you know he he had a not the easiest go, but so far, so I'm really excited for him. And uh, like LeBron said, I think he's an MVP type player, and I don't know yeah. when that might happen, but I think like you said, we're kind of heading into that range.
0: Yeah, maybe like his twenty, because it'll be always. I think it'll be hard for him to win an MVP uh, for a lot of reasons. Like I think he, yes, like I think at the time he's going to hit his peak. Like Carl Anthony Towns will be kind of getting to that point, and he's right. obviously great. And I think yeah. Anthony Davis is like Anthony Davis is going to win an MVP at some point. I'd be surprised if he didn't.
1: Yeah, I just, I like, non-Cavs talk, like, I really hope Anthony Davis has just a yeah. monster he's comeback too. here this he, season. He's so man. much fun.
0: He's so fun, and he's he's just so good. And, the, yeah. like, he he makes, he just does things that I, like, it's, like, crazy that we, like, before we go to the Larry Sanders, like, it's yeah. nuts that, like, like Towns is great, but it's, like, almost nuts that we're saying, like, okay, is Towns better than Davis now because of the last year? Like, Towns is still a rookie, and Anthony Davis – um, is both a victim of getting hurt and a victim of, like, some really bad roster management in New Orleans. Or, like, that New Orleans team is just, I don't know. And he had so many injuries last year. Like, it's not his fault. I don't blame him in for that at all. Yeah. Like, he's he's great. People need to know he's great. And it's a matter of time. But another <laughs> – yeah. It's about 20 minutes of category, which is always great. But Larry Sanders right. is another guy you talk to. Yes. And he's a – to me, he's always been like he was. I remember. I think Zach Lowe talked to him about when the, he was on the Bucks, talking about guarding LeBron, and he like wanted mm-hmm. to. And I love Larry Sanders; like, he's great. Um, I think he's a very interesting guy to talk about now because of, you know he had the mental health issues and it has such a stigma around it. But yep. he, when you talk to him, he seems very ready for an NBA comeback.
1: That's that's the feeling I got. And um, like like you said, he's a fascinating guy. And even before I talked to him, they reached they actually reached out to me for uh to do this kind of his uh management because I know his management kind of works with some people that I do in the music industry. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to me and I was like, absolutely I want to talk to him. But um while speaking to him, yeah, he seems like he's at a point in his life and his career where he's kind of found that balance of things that he wants to do outside of basketball. But now that he has that those things established, he's ready to balance them with basketball. And he sounds excited and kind of refreshed to get back to the game, which is which is really cool to see.
0: Yeah, and I think he's a guy that if he's in the if he's ready to play and if he's ready to contribute, I think he's a guy with the skill set to help a lot of teams. Especially because it doesn't seem like a I don't think a team would pay him a lot of money right now. Like, yeah, I, no. I just I don't think a team's gonna be like give him money, especially Liz late for agency. And he, I'm based on some of the weird, the cryptic tweets he sent out with the picture of the Cavalier and the picture of the warrior of the warriors from the movie. Um, He doesn't seem like a guy who wants to play for a team like, like a low-level team or like a fringe playoff team, like the Hornets or like, um, I don't know, like just a a team like that. That it doesn't have the title aspirations. Like he wants to play meaningful basketball.
1: Yeah, what he explained to me, and he was very clear about this. He wants to win a championship. That's his number one goal. You know, he said it has nothing to do with money because you know he walked away from twenty-seven million dollars. Yeah. So I. I, I I am in I, like I, I believe him when he says that you know, like it's not it's not like the money so yeah he wants to win a championship and uh, kind of what I didn't talk about in the piece because I just I didn't want to speculate too much in it but from my understanding it's on the Cavs right now if they want to bring in Larry Sanders yeah he wants to play like he wants to play for the Cavs or the Warriors like those are his two top destinations. And I think the Warriors are out on him, based yeah. on what...
0: Yeah, Ethan, uh, Ethan Sherwood-Strauss reported that they were they considered it in yeah. past.
1: So, from my understanding, I talked to someone who is locked in with like the Cavs thinking, it is kind of on them right now if they want to bring him in. And I don't know if they will. I don't know if like David Griffin's willing to take that chance. But um, it will be interesting to see, because I know he's working out in L.A., Mm-hmm. And I know the, the Lakers are also interested in him. Like, you know, he said he wants to win a championship, but if the Lakers threw, you know, made made like a maybe an incentive-based offer to him, I think that he might take it if mm-hmm. the Cavs say that they're not interested.
0: Yeah, and then just based I don't have reporting on this. I haven't talked to anybody about this. But looking at the Cavs' roster and considering they just signed Birdman, I don't know if they would be interested.
1: That's That's my thing. The whole Birdman thing. And when they were waiting, I was like, okay, maybe they're – maybe they're thinking about it, but they made Birdman official, so I'm not really sure if they would go down the Larry Sanders route. And honestly, like, I was terrified of him on the Warriors. When he tweeted oh, that me picture of the Warriors, I was like, that hurt me more than when they signed Durant. Because I was like, okay, they're getting, like, that's exactly what they need. Like, right now the Warriors don't have any rim protection.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't even see that he tweeted the Cavs picture until, like, a couple hours later because I saw the Warriors' picture, and I was, like, at work or, like, doing something, and I was just yeah. like, oh, okay, like, he's going to be on the Warriors, and, like, considering they're hunting for a minimum, guys, if he's going to be able to play and, like, be able to, like, do what he can do, even at, like, an 80% of what he was, like, that on a minimum deal, and they got Daza Pachulia, like, they're fine. Like, they have the bigs they need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so... From a cash fan perspective, I was happy to see that the Warriors were out on him. Yeah. From what I understand, I'm I'm not sure if the Cavs will go after him, but it's on them. Like Larry, Larry has made it known to teams, to a few teams, that he wants to play and that he's doing what he needs to do to make the NBA comeback.
0: Yeah, I would I would guess just based on the roster considering I think they're if they get Jr. and LeBron and James Jones back, I think and that takes them to 14. I think what they'll probably do um, is keep are their roster spot Felder up. Are you including Felder I, I think, and McRae? I did this the other day. Like, I wrote this down. I think Felder's in the 14, and Felder and McRae okay. are in that 14 because I think um, – because they only really replaced Mazgov and Khan with one guy and Chris Burtman. So I think it's 14. With those two guys, it might be 15. But I yeah. think either way, um, I don't think they're going to – Take it I, to I, the point where, like, they, like they kept their roster spot open last year for a reason, and it makes sense because it, A, saves you money that you don't necessarily – the guy's not going to play, so, like, why pay him? Yep. And, yeah. to if you find a Jordan McGray guy in the D-League that you like, go you can yeah. go get him that way. So, that's yeah. – that's me. I, I I would honestly prefer Larry Sanders to Birdman if he's able to, do because I think he's going to – he's a younger guy. He's a more higher upside guy. The ceiling's definitely lower, and you don't know what you're 100% getting out of him, and, like, if you're getting Birdman – you know he's going to come in, you know he's going to be a good locker room guy, and he's going to mesh with LeBron, he's going to mesh with everybody. And yeah. considering how, like, goofy that locker room is, like, we, they've admitted that it was, like, a very dramatic team, that's not necessarily yeah. the worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so it's interesting. And I hope Larry Sanders comes back. I really do. Like, I really, really hope to see him in the NBA because I think he's not just a uh, a good player, but he's also a guy that I think, considering how we – as sports fans and people reporting on sports with mental health, we don't see that really talked about enough. And I think having a guy who walked away from that much money and trying to make a comeback would just be a really, really good discussion for us to have as a general community.
1: Exactly. I think it would be a really good look because oftentimes you don't see these kind of things come full circle, you know? Yeah. Like I remember Royce White, remember he had yeah. his issue and he hasn't been able to come back so, and I think Larry just has so much talent, mm-hmm. and he knows it that he that he can kind of show that you can you can kind of have it all, and you know, yeah, and and uh, put that on display. So I I really do hope that it works out for him.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, to kind of wrap this up, Chops, I the, I've been asking this question to everyone that I've had on the podcast so far. Um, looking at the Cavs now, let's assume that the roster, how we kind of think of it. Is kind of done. So Jr comes back, LeBron comes back, James mm-hmm. Jones comes back. It's the team we know. Um, is it? Be- are they better on paper now than they were when they won the finals with the team that won the finals?
1: I would say yeah, right. Because I think Birdman is a level up from Khan. Yeah, uh, maybe
0: it's upgrade to Mazgov considering how bad Moscow was last year too.
1: Yeah, I losing Delhi hurts because Delhi was pretty good during the regular season. Obviously, fell off later in the playoffs but I guess they like Kay Felder I'm not depending on Kay Felder to play this year really He's at all be in
0: Canton. I think for sure he'll be yeah. in Canton
1: yeah like and I don't know what to expect from Jordan McCray I don't love Jordan McCray's game like some people do I think like he he does a lot of things that the Cavs don't need uh, you know he dribbles a
0: lot He's not a great catch and shoot guy. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing in summer league. Like, he was scoring a ton, but it was because he was dribbling and creating his own shot. He wasn't catching swing th- catching swing passes for threes as the fifth guy on the option on the floor.
1: Yeah, that's what I saw Zavac tweet that like he's like I haven't seen McCray hit one catch and shoot jumper, and I was like, yeah, that's true. So like I don't know how that would fit. I I think I'd like like I'd like them to get one more point guard. Uh, I mean, I know Norris Cole and Mario Chalmers are all, out there. I don't know how feasible that is, and uh, I don't I, know how many rich I don't know how many Rich Paul guys we want on the roster. Yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah. but I, yeah, I also just don't know, like with especially with Rhea, that I just don't know if they're like actually an upgrade over Mo Williams. Like I really don't know.
1: I'm just I worry about Mo's knee because the way that like Haynes and a few guys described it last year, it seems like I don't know how much he can play. Yeah. Like and I agree, I feel LeBron's technically your backup point guard, anyways. But I don't, I would just feel more comfortable with another guy at the backup point guard spot. But I mean, I love the addition of Dunleavy. They got yeah. him for, and I love that they kept the Anderson Varejao trade exception. Yeah, without yeah. using it on Dunleavy. Yeah. So David I think, Griffin's a
0: wizard. Like David Griffin is like fantastic at creating those exceptions and giving them an opportunity that if they find a guy they want of February, they can actually get him, even if it costs a. It'll cost a bunch of money, but they can actually reasonably get him because of those exceptions.
1: Yeah. So yeah, like say say somehow Trevor Ariza becomes available, I would guarantee that David Griffin does whatever he can, to, you know, whatever he can do to kind of get that done. And they yeah. and they uh, they afforded that that by uh, making a smart move with the Dunleavy trade.
0: Yeah. So uh, signing trading Dali was huge. So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah,
1: I think you got to say that they're better just because, like, they didn't, like, they're not really losing anything that helped them win a championship, I mm-hmm. would say, and they kind of added some pieces that will help more than some of the other guys.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Chops, thanks for coming on. Where can the listeners find you on Twitter, and where can they find your work?
1: It is pchops, pchopz, underscore, on Twitter. Um, you can find me on complex.com. And the music and sports section—I kind of do it all. And uh, yeah, thank you, man, for having me on. It was a great time. No, for uh, sure. Love the podcast. I can't wait to hear more of it, especially during the Olympics. Yeah,
0: we've got you we've know. got some uh, cool Olympic stuff planned. A preview coming up with uh, some people on the site, and we're going to be going through the Olympics because Kyrie, I think, as we've talked about, is going to be huge uh, yes. during the Olympics. Do you have any? Do you have anything uh, upcoming you want to tease for the listeners? Any like cool articles coming out soon?
1: Uh, I'm doing something on the Olympics, actually. Ten awesome. reasons that you should still care about this Olympics men's basketball team without LeBron and Steph and all them. That should be out this week on Complex. Cool. So yeah. look out for that. And I can't wait for the Mort episode. He was on vacation, right? When 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 is Mort getting his episode? Oh,
0: we had a Mort episode last week. Really? We had, oh, well. We had, then... we, had, we had post-Vegas Mort before he went on his hiatus. Mort's on a Twitter hiatus right now. Um, I am. Yeah. That is what we're
1: doing the rest of the afternoon.
0: Yeah, he uh, Mort Mort was uh, post Vegas, very like I think a little bit still uh, let's say, tired from his uh, week ten <laughs> days in Vegas. Oh man. Um, yeah, it was and it was good. He had a little bit of hater in him and it was it was Peak Mort. Um but yeah, uh. you can check that out. Uh, you can, and now for this is new from last week that you can get all of our episodes on iTunes you can get them on Stitcher just search Locked on Cavaliers in either of those applications um, and make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Cavs you can email us at Locked on Cavs at gmail.com the episode that was up yesterday uh, the Monday episode was our first mailbag we got a lot of really good questions I hope to get more in the future especially when we get closer to the season and uh, make sure to follow Fear the Sword on Twitter at Fear the Sword me on Twitter at cgimamrights And uh, thanks again to CHOPS, and we'll talk to you guys soon.